there was this clergyman who had this pension for orange liqueur. So these congregants got together and they bought him a case of orange liqueur. The only thing is they told him that he could only have it called tonight on the condition that he has to be able, he has to get up at the pulpit and express his appreciation for the liquor that they gave him. So he's in a little bit of a predicament. So the next... <laughs> Sunday, or whatever. <laughs> Do I actually sound like that? He gets up and he says the following. He says, I would like to thank such and such and such and such and such and such for the oranges and for the spirit in which they were given. I see that we've got the spirit in more ways than one. Baruch Hashem. <laughs> the question is if I have it. <laughs> is this going to go on through the whole thing? You realize the Sikha is going to take twice as long. <laughs> However, um, there is a machshav that I want to share with you. And the truth is, some of you have heard this before. Some of you heard it in the States. And I really haven't done this for a couple of years in the yeshiva. But I think that maybe it's at a point that we can all somehow look at the concept that I want to share with you. And maybe a couple of limudim that I want to share with you. A little differently than you may have seen them before. What we try to do in the Vey is to get our guys to think. And thinking can take place in all kinds of places. That too. And in all kinds of settings. The basis of what I'd like to speak about this evening is a movie. This movie is something I became aware of a couple of years ago. <laughs> At least disguise your voice, you know. <laughs> That's better. A couple of years ago, when one Matsuri Shabbos, a few of our fellows, uh, very fine Talmudim of the Yeshiva, uh, I happened to come across them on their way out, uh, or down the hill, I should say, as I was coming up the hill. And afterwards, um, one of the fellows came over to me and said, Rebbe, you've got to understand, I'm very sorry. I know I should have asked Rishos, but this thing that I wanted to go to was something that I just had to go to. It was a movie that this fellow had seen like four times. By now it's on video and I don't know how many times the fellow has seen it. But the movie was brilliant. It was created and produced by a brilliant Jewish young man. Probably, as they've said with so many of us, if only he used his talents for Gemara, imagine how fantastic it would be. The fellow's name is Stephen 
Spielberg, and the movie is Back to the Future. Do you remember the movie? Do you remember? The movie, I subsequently saw this movie, on video, of course. <laughs> yes, I did. Every pu'ula, every scene in this movie was thoroughly thought out. To the extent, and I'll just show you the godless of this movie. Do you remember the name of the mall? Twin Pines Mall. Very good. Lee J. Okay. I see he's getting ready for Purim. No, he didn't hear it. He didn't hear it. I haven't said it in the yeshiva for two years. Um, Twin Pines Mall. However, when he goes back to the past, if you remember, he knocks down... Very good, Hill. They always said you had it. He goes down, knocks down somebody's pine tree. When he comes back to the present, the name of the mall is Lone Pine Mall. And those of you who have seen it four or more times should be ashamed of yourself if you didn't notice. Um, this fellow did notice. Stephen Shear, for those of you who remember. Every act is very thoroughly thought out. But in many ways, it can really get you thinking. Let's remember a little bit about what the setting of this movie was all about. It starts off with this fellow, Marty. You remember Marty? What's his last name? Marty? Nothing personal. Marty McFly. Right? His parents. His father's name is George. George McFly. Very good. <laughs> I'm going to kill him. <laughs> How would you characterize George? <laughs> no. No, David. How would you characterize George? Wimpy, loser, geek, the kind of fellow, and I don't mean to insult anyone here, the kind of fellow with the pencil case with all the pencils in his pocket. You know? <laughs> Intimidated by a fellow named Biff. Do you remember? How would you characterize Marty's mother, Lorraine? That's one way to put it. A lush, a little dumpy. I guess if we made a list of the most successful parental situations, I don't think we would put them on it. Now, through the wonders of imagination and technology, Marty goes back 30 years before, goes back to the past, at the point when he and his parents are about the same age. And in fact, he gets in the way and he kind of like really starts messing things up because Lorraine is attracted to him. You remember Calvin and everything. Yeah. And he's got to come up with a cheshpin somehow. With a plan. How he's going to arrange some connection between his mother and his father. Because otherwise he's never going to exist. And there's this picture, if you remember, that's fading away and fading away. Until he comes up with an idea. 
The idea is that he is going to try to create a situation where George will save Lorraine from him. And they have it all worked out. The only thing is, Hashgacha Pratis has it, that instead of him, it's Biff. And then in one moment, and I'm being Mikatzer, I could tell you, you know, in full detail, glory detail, but in one moment, he gets the courage together. George gets the courage together and smashes Biff in the face. And sure enough, as a result of this one miser, then Hashgacha, George and Lorraine, you see, going off into the enchantment, what's it called, under the sea, and very, very inspirational. He comes back to the present, and like 30 years later, now he comes back to where he started, and he wakes up, and he sees that his parents are in a totally different situation. George is successful. Lorraine is very attractive. The house is attractive. They've made it. Biff is polishing George's car. And Marty has that 4x4 four four that he always wanted. And that Bikitzer is the Misa of Back to the Future. The truth of the matter is, and I'd like to ask a taiva, if we could just, you know, start to think a little bit seriously. The truth of the matter is, I maintain that the reason this is so successful is because, in fact, it's a reflection on life. And this reflection on life that I'm talking about is something that I'd like us all to maybe give a little bit of attention to. There are a few nekudas here, a few very important points, and they may be crucially important for all of us, especially as we prepare for this Purim. The first most important yesite that I think we see here, and as I say, it's very true, it's a reflection on life, is how one Misa, one Misa, one moment, can have such a profound effect on the way a person exists and how he lives and what he looks like 10, 20, or 30 years later. You see in front of your eyes what George and Lorraine looked like in the beginning, and you see what they looked like in the end, and you see that it's a direct result of that one moment when George got the courage together, smashed Biff in the face, and it turned the tide. It changed the direction of his life. You see that this fellow is now maybe headed to be president of the student council. He's going to be successful. He'll be in control. He'll be in control of the situation and of his life, and you can see the results. This, Rabbi say, it's been demonstrated to us in a way that we can look at it and that we can understand it. But the MS is, it's a very big sight in life, but we've got to be able to penetrate it a little bit. One of the sights that we see that pertains to the Misa of Purim and of the Megillah is exactly the type of thing we're talking about. You see how a whole series of events leads up to the potential destruction of the Jewish people. And we also see how suddenly, in a moment, 
Balayla Hahu Nodot Ashnas HaMelech. And it's lamed a little louder, a little higher. Because that one moment, that night, takes all, all of those factors and all of those qualities that may have brought about a potential destruction and literally turns them around. And it results from that one night, that one moment. And the tremendous thing, and I know you've heard it, I'm sure that there have been a variety of sikhahs about Purim, you've heard it all your lives, Purim is Hester. Purim, you don't, in the Megillah, you don't have the name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, other than Behester. Because this is the way things work in life. We've seen some of it ourselves. We've seen, and as Rabbi Wine described to us several weeks back, the way he put it, one night, HaKadosh Baruch Hu came down and picked the pockets of the financial world. And we still don't know what the profound ultimate effect of that one night is going to be. We see here in Eretz Yisrael, and it's, it's fascinating to look in hindsight, although it's scary, how one day in December, the Palestinians came up with an idea that instead of terror, <coughs> excuse me, of terrorism, let's take on a different approach. Let's demonstrate. Let's throw some stones. And let's put ourselves in a situation where Israel can now be the tormentors. Let them be the terrorists. And you see a profound effect. We see how certain events mamish turn the tide. The problem is, and this is another Ryan that you find in the Megillah. It says at the end of the Misa, it says, Vayhudim haysa oira v'simcha v'sosan v'yikar. So Chazal tell us, Yikar is tefillin. The Chassam Soifer explains that when Moshe Rabbeinu stood before HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Maisa Egel, and he begged forgiveness for the Jewish people, then Moshe Rabbeinu said, Hareini noz kvodecha, show me your glory. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu told him, Ra'isas panai, that's achorai rather, that's panai lo yiroh. You can see my back, but you don't see my front. Hindsight is twenty twenty, and the and, and the Chassam Cipher explains how you can look back at many incidents, and you can look back and see with all tremendous clarity how things develop. We see that now. We can look at it in so many ways. We can look probably at ourselves. How many of us sitting in this room, looking back, can say this incident, this person I met, this decision that I made had a tremendous, profound profound effect on where I'm at now. We see it very clearly in hindsight. The kunz is to be able to see it in foresight. The kunz is to be able to get those guts together, to get that courage, to be able to make the move, to take on the direction that will make that profound effect in terms of what I'm going to look like. And what am I going to look like? What am I going to be? Not necessarily what am I going to do, but what am I going to be? My family, my environment. The result of certain mycin that I take now can have an unbelievably profound effect on what I'm going to be 10, 20, and 30 years from now. Just like you saw in that movie. 
It's very serious, but it's very real. And this is something that's very important for us to think about. We're approaching perhaps the most joyous day in our year. And if this Purim is going to be anything like other Purims, and I'm sensing that we're... Right. I'm sensing it. We've got the spirit. But this next couple of days, what happens between now and this coming Shabbos can have an unbelievable effect on what we're going to be. Depending on what we do. Depending on how we deal with it. There's a simcha. How many times, how many guys have I heard over the years, different situations, particularly though in the vague, how the party, if I can use that term, the partying that takes place, the mishtevah simcha that takes place on Purim is the most joyous, most phenomenal party a person has in his life. How many people have we heard say that? But there's a deeper sense that we've got to look towards getting out of it. As I mentioned before, it says, Chazal tell us that what that means is, Ora is Torah. Simcha is Yamtiv. Sasan, Mila, and Yikar is Tefillin. So the Svasemis asks, then why doesn't it just say, La Yehudim Haisa, Torah, Yamtiv, Mila, and Tefillin? Why does it say, Torah, Simcha, Sasan, Vikar? So he explains. It's not that they started doing Tefillin, it's not that they started learning Torah. They had this. They had all of these things. But they hadn't seen the enlightenment of Torah. They didn't see the simcha of a yomtiv. They didn't see the sason, the joy of their Yiddishkeit. They didn't see the glory of their tefillin. That's what they got out of that experience that they had on Purim. They had an experience. They lived through something that changed a certain direction for them. And through that one experience, they suddenly saw all of these things. They were always there, but they had to open their eyes and see them. That's what we have in store for us in Mir Hashem. Something that can not only have a profound effect on how we enjoy the next few days, but the profound effect on what we're going to look like, and what our lives are going to be like. Each one of us, Lefi Madrego Seinu, Another thing that we see from that movie is just like you saw that picture. How Marty was and his family were fading away. That sometimes you're given opportunities. And if you don't take those opportunities, you may never ever have them again. You guys, whether you're here for your first year or your first month, or your second year, have been given an opportunity, a very special opportunity, in a very special setting, to be able to look at things as they are, and to be able to build yourself. We're coming up to a very focal opportunity that can be this Purim. But if we don't take it, 
we don't use this opportunity that's been given to us, we may never, ever, ever have that opportunity again. And the derech of what we're going to be and of the lives that we take for ourselves, that person that we could be may never, ever exist. Also, in that same Misa, when Moshe Rabbeinu was asking of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Hareini and when HaKadosh Baruch Hu told him, no, I won't let you see my face. The Gemara and Brachas, some of you have learned, says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu told Moshe, when you wanted, I, when you, I'm sorry, when I wanted, you didn't want. And Rashi explains that at the Sneh, HaKadosh Baruch Hu was prepared to reveal himself to Moshe Rabbeinu. But Moshe turned away his face. When I wanted, you didn't want. Now that you want, I don't want. It would be very sad if the opportunity arises later where we'll look back and we'll say, if only, if only I took advantage of this opportunity and using these experiences that I had. If only I did. It would be even sadder if at a later time you don't even say if only. But it doesn't have to be that way. We have, and I tell you every time I go to the States, I see what a phenomenal place Neve is. I see it clearer sometimes there than I see it here. Because on a day-to-day basis, we live with our frustrations. When I go and I see the products, and I see the results, and I see a fellow, whether it's that he's sitting by a smudder in a yeshiva, or whether he's going to college and he attends a daf yomi every single night. When I see fellows who have started to build homes, got married, setting up families, when I see, as I saw this trip, Many, many students from the spectrum of schools, and unfortunately I wasn't even able to get to all the places I wanted to get to. I interviewed close to 100 students from many places throughout the New York area, Chicago, Cleveland, Los Angeles. I spoke to kids in various other cities as well, Atlanta, Toronto. And as I say, they're places I didn't even get to. And when I see when I describe to them some of, in spite of whatever Narishkeiten they've heard, whether those Narishkeiten were true or not, when I see how much these fellows look for that opportunity of motivation and depth and perception and understanding and meaning and destiny that you guys have here, then it's Mahazik me. What an unbelievable place Neve is. When I see you guys, and believe me, after three weeks, more than three weeks, being gone, I haven't been gone that long from Yeshiva in several years. I can tell you how happy, how much it really warms me and waits, welcome me up just to see you guys. To hear some of the things I've heard over the past few weeks. Good things. These opportunities that we have, 
are unbelievable. If we don't take them, we may never ever have them again. Let's look forward. We're going to have an unbelievable Purim. Hopefully, it'll be the greatest experience of joy of Yiddishkeit that we've ever had. Let's make it the greatest experience of the joy of Yiddishkeit that we ever had. And let's take it and let's use it to our utmost to build ourselves to those people that we can be. Let's prepare ourselves because that's what we can control. We can't control what happens. We can control those things that we can make happen and how we deal with them. Once again, it's very good to see you again. Let's look forward to a Frey Lucha, Frey Lucha Purim.